This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show as always. Uh, I'm happy to welcome Drew Hausman on the podcast tonight. How you doing, Drew? Oh, how the mighty have fallen in multiple <laughs> ways. Yes, there are a lot of uh, a lot of moves going on. I feel like every week I say there's a lot to talk about. Um, but, God, there's a lot to talk about this week in soccer, especially down here and especially in the United States. Uh, so we will get to all of that, but I, I'm theming this episode, and this is our uh, fraternity, sorority episode, because it's Delta, Delta, Delta. We're talking all about the San Francisco Deltas. We had a game on Wednesday, we had a game on the weekend, and now we have a very juicy fall season matchup. Uh, between these two teams, likely uh, that one of the two teams will wind up with the NASL fall season title. So let's take you back. Uh, we're currently recording on a Wednesday, October 12th. I like to d- date stamp it, the podcast frequently, and I don't know why. But anyway, a week before. We have so many people going through our archives and just listening to like weeks in one day. <laughs> this is true. You need to know where you stand. Uh, so uh, exactly one week ago, as we are uh, talking, we were watching the second half of a rescheduled game between Miami FC and the San Francisco Deltas. Um, And it was rescheduled because of weather and didn't do all that much good because it still rained and blew wind like a hurricane for about 15 minutes during that game. Uh, It was really, really interesting. Uh, It was a 1-1 draw. Um, uh, No, wait, I'm sorry. No, you're correct. Yes, I'm correct. I was about to mix up the two games. Uh, It was a 1-1 draw, and it was kind of an uninspired game. Yeah, it it started off quickly, but then as the rain picked up and everything else, I think everybody just kind of got set into place and gave up a bit. Uh, We got to see my main man, Vincenzo Ranella, come back, and I think this is his first start in the second second half. I think it's his first start, maybe his second. Um, But he came out quickly and scored in the uh, 10th minute, but then uh, about 10 minutes after that... uh, our BFF, uh, Rhett Bernstein, <laughs> committed a foul in the box to give up a, a PK to uh, Pablo Diego, and those two ended up being the only goals in the game in the first first 20 minutes. And uh, what was unfortunate, too, is that uh, with with the uh, tackle, I think Rhett hurt himself and came out a little quicker. But um, looking at the lineups prior to this game, you'd think that this game would be kind of the one to give away or the one to get the draw on, but... Um, that's what happened, but <laughs> going into the next week, we were, uh, incorrect about that, that, uh, assessment. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, for not being an interesting game, I thought there were some things that were interesting to take away from it. Um, it, like, basically, like you mentioned, there were 70 minutes that were pretty dull. Um, the first 20 were good, and then the, basically the rain turned on and, and rained for about 15 minutes and basically put out any competitive fire on either side uh, for the most part. But like you said, that it was such an interesting experience because it was raining so hard that many of us in the brigade end didn't see the foul that Bernstein had committed and didn't really realize there was a penalty pretty much up until, um, you know, the, the, the Deltas player was standing over the ball. Um, it, and it just, it, it was a driving hard rain. Living in Miami, we see plenty of hard rains. It was one of the harder rains I've ever experienced live. It was really, it was like someone turned on a shower head. That's how hard it was raining. And so I can't imagine what it's like to kind of play in those conditions. But it really seemed like after that first 30 minutes and once everyone was kind of soaking wet, that that both sides just kind of were like, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll ride this thing out. And it was not fun to watch as a spectator. Um, and there weren't many spectators because of the rain. Um, basically, anytime you have rain after 4 p.m. for an evening outdoor event, it's going to kill attendance, not to mention the fact that there was more rain in the forecast and that more rain actually did come. Um, so, and Plus, it was a midweek game, etc. A makeup game that people weren't had, didn't have on their schedules. 
all those other factors, uh, which led to the, the Day Brigade having a pretty outsized impact on the noise in the stadium and um, being able to roam around a little bit. Yeah, we definitely, uh, after, after the rain and after the half, we kind of observed the empty stadium and uh, notoriously we don't score on the brigade end, so we decided to switch sides, hopped on over to the beer garden, and, uh, you know, kind of was hoping that our, our luck would change around going to the opposite side. It did not happen in the end, but the switch was fun. It was fun seeing it from the other side. Kind of got some uh, rowdy, uh, intoxicated people involved with the brigade a little, so it was a good uh, good, good change of pace from the, the normal brigading end. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the result, you know, draw. <laughs> yeah, it was, I really enjoyed being over there. And, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit. I feel like being on that side is a little bit more conducive to the atmosphere that, that Day Brigade is going to want to bring to the game. It's a little bit more compact. It's a little bit more kind of, uh, you know, it, it, it brings everyone together. It doesn't really let you stretch out. And when you're trying to make noise, it, 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 it's kind of beneficial. Not that you want people to be uncomfortable, but you kind of want people together. And so it was interesting. Um, so, like we said, that game was 1-1. Um, kind of a meh game. But you were hoping that on Saturday uh, a team would come out um, and take care of business and basically clinch the overall title. But again, a lackluster performance, and this time a loss. Yeah, and this this going into the the weekend's game. Uh, once the roster lineups were announced, you know, Red Bernstein was missing because of injury, but um, without him, it all pretty much seemed like a normal lineup, minus uh, Mike LaHood, who didn't start on his own Kuzi uh, promotional day. Yeah, but uh, that's the game where you know. Poku started that one. You had Ryan, Dilamaris, uh, Lambrugi started. So it it seemed like uh, a more typical, like we were taking this game more seriously than the other. But um, at the end of the day, it didn't uh, it didn't end up reflecting on the score. Um, just just all around, I think outperformed by the Deltas, uh, the Caveman Thomas Heinerman. I think that's his name. I'll just yeah. call him the Caveman from here on out. But he netted two that night, and there were two other opportunities where he had where it was almost a one-on-one with one-on-one scenario with Vega. Uh, both he ended up missing. One he kind of got dragged down, and looked like he was milking for a penalty. But um, man, he really he really shined on that on that Saturday game against us, and uh, it ended up showing. You know, they're 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 now tied with us in the the league standings for the fall, and that's why you know they can come into Miami and. Draw one one and then win three nothing on the the next game. So uh, they showing they're nothing to play with. Yeah, I mean you see um, basically a, a nine goal swing across three games, uh, beating them seven nil to clinch the spring season title, then having a chance to clinch the fall the the, the combined title and uh, losing 3-1 it was really a, 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 a kind of a wake up call and, and and we've discussed repeatedly the idea that this fall season was going to be kind of a unique psychological challenge simply because of the fact that while there was plenty to play for including home field advantage throughout the playoffs and that's still on the table and this fall season title which is still on the table um that once you have that playoff spot sealed up it's hard to have the same oomph through the fall season. Uh, and so I think that we're seeing some of that that at the player level, at the managerial level, in the front office level, that I don't I don't want to say that they're comfortable with a loss. But at the same time, I feel like they are trying, both on the field and off the field, they have their eyes on different prizes. And, and ultimately, the prizes that we probably should be focusing on, which is overall performance for the soccer bowl and for the semifinal in the soccer bowl, uh, potentially, and and the health of the team and the club going forward. Yeah, and uh, the other the other thing was with those first two Deltas games in the uh, spring season is they got red carded in both of them. So this is the full first two times we faced the Deltas without them going down a man. So uh, it's kind of frustrating to see after those first first two initial games uh, we had a little aid there. I mean, even without the Reds, it looked like we beat them, but. Um, Hats off to them though, because they're a, they're you know first year club and they're doing this well. Where if you look at where kind of Miami was sitting at last year, <laughs> around this time was right when uh, 
we kind of started picking up our, our win streak and figuring out how to win games. So um, it seems like they're definitely progressing as the year goes, but just an amazing uh, first year start for for the Deltas. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that was they. They are they are a step ahead of the game. They are that they, they will absolutely be making a push to make the the playoffs and have as good a chance as pretty much anyone besides Miami who've already clinched. But they, they're they're in the thick of it. Um, and yeah, they should be commended because they they can wind up winning the fall season. It's entirely possible. So let's talk about this fall season now. These two games that, that again. Going into them, we, we thought it might be a bit of a coronation, but now we look back. Miami FC still need points in order to clinch the combined title and are tied uh, for points for the fall title and actually trailing goal differential because of these two games. It's a six-point swing and a two-goal swing in the direction of San Francisco Deltas, and now we legitimately have a fall season chase for the title. So get motivated, Miami. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a real. It's going to be a dogfight. Yeah the the interesting. Well, I guess our, our next game, our, our away game, is going to be against Indy at home. Indy, you know, we we were the ones who shattered their uh, insane home record standing, and they're looking kind of okay this season, but not that great. Um, I think San Francisco just beat them last night, one nothing. <laughs> yes, but, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I mean, well, Indy, I guess they, I think they was in San Francisco, so hopefully they're a little road lag. But um, then we have the greatest gift of all, where we play Edmonton back to back. So, um, you know, <laughs> there should be some some points. Uh, I'm guessing six along those two games. So um, hopefully we don't screw that up, and we're lucky to play the uh, kind of punching bag of the league so close to the the playoffs, but. The other thing is, too, there's still that other canceled San Francisco game that hasn't been rescheduled yet, so um, yes. that that could end up being kind of like the big uh, playoff push for either team or a clinching, a clinching game, you know? Or it could end up just not happening, but um, I guess everybody kind of has to keep that in the back of their mind that there is still this last mysterious, unscheduled TBD San Francisco game uh, lurking in the distance. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's still not. We we've heard some some possibilities as to when that game might be played, but again, there are still factors at play that may not render it necessary, and 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 it may just wind up getting wiped off the regular season schedule. Um, but it's again being in this position where Miami FC is, um, it's strange because you want to win everything, and 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 we uh, we were uh, I was at. Uh, Wednesday, no, I'm sorry, Tuesday night, um, I was at a season ticket renewal event that uh, I shared a, a video clip from and some images from. Uh, it was very nice, Shula Stake 2 in uh, Miami Lakes, I believe it is. Um, a great event, uh, an opportunity to uh, meet with Johnny Barajo, Rhett Bernstein, Michael Hood, um, Sean Flynn, uh, the team CEO was out there. Uh, and Bruce Silverman, of course, doing a great job in seeing. And, and there was a big emphasis on the part of Bruce to really hammer home, we want three titles. We want, uh, you know, we want spring, fall combined before we head into the playoffs, uh, before this team heads into the playoffs. And it, it's obvious. Of course you want to win everything in front of your, uh, you know, in front of your eyes. You want to feast, you know. Uh but it, it, when you have a team like the Deltas who are going to be chasing after a playoff spot, uh, and, and Miami FC are the big bad target, uh, and maybe they're a little bit, you know, looking forward, looking ahead to the playoff possibilities, there are some, there's a potential for someone else to sneak in there. Yeah, and the, other, the, the Cosmos are kind of lurking. I think the other one is uh, North Carolina. So, you know, these are teams that I guess historically we haven't matched up the best against but uh you know it's 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 achievable for us so it's it's going to be a good stretch going into the end of the year um we only have one regular season home game left and I think it's October 28th so uh luckily we already clinched the first playoff spot so um yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a fun rest of the year um just completely random. I'll throw this out here. Did you did you see the Deltas promotion for their last home game? 
Uh, I don't think so. What is it? It's $5 tickets, and they said they're going to give away all their remaining merchandise to the fans that show up at 3 p.m., and I think it's a 5 p.m. start, which has kind of got, yeah, it's kind of gotten everybody, like, does that mean they're folding? Like, why would you dump all your merchandise at the last game, you know? It's kind of kind of an interesting promotional tactic. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... I'm fascinated by that team because I, I we had talked about them before they um, uh, before they took the field this year, and really kind of admired the way that they were trying to build something. They really appear to have a kind of uh, appropriate vision for second division soccer and how it should work. And it feels like they they they've just kind of uh, like they're not in sync they're not it's not clicking the way you feel it should be when when they went to go build it they found out their concrete was actually dried up bird crap yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's all crackers um so yeah it's very it's very that team intrigues me because i feel like they should be doing better i love i love san francisco it's one of my favorite cities it's not miami i love kizar stadium uh just as a venue kind of the historical significance of it um and yeah it's a team in san francisco proper whereas all the other professional teams in that area really it's all a hike to get to where you you know even talking about you know the the 49ers play in santa clara which is like an hour away uh you know the raiders play in oakland golden state plays in oakland the only team professionally really in san francisco is the giants um and so it seemed like a real opportunity to 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 capture a market that wasn't being fully served, even though I know, you know, San Jose is, is not that far away and all that, but it, I, it's, it's, I hope that's not the case. I hope that they're trying to get the word out and trying to basically say, take the message out with you as you go during the off season and, and evangelize, but I don't know. And you have the mighty uh, NPSL uh, San Francisco Seals. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> What's what's interesting is uh my my sister kind of is getting into soccer a little and she lives in San Francisco and she went to a Deltas game and then uh she went to a Quakes game afterwards and you know once once she went to the Quakes game I don't think she's returned to a, a Deltas game but uh you know the Quakes have the new uh what is it called a a stadium or whatever that's super nice yeah Savaya I think but it's actually cheaper the 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 Delta's tickets start at twenty dollars, I think, and she said for fifteen dollars you can go to a Quakes game. So for five dollars less, you can go see a Division One game in a nicer stadium. It is it is a little bit of a hike, but uh, they they need to figure that out quick. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, it, it seems like they really want to be. Uh, and by the way, this has now become a San Francisco Delta's. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was um, about to say. But I mean, we did. We Shouts did out to all our Bay Area week. listeners. Yes, uh, we really know our audience. Um, it, it does seem like they're really trying to be very transparent about this is what we need to do to make it work. This is what we have in mind to make it work. And and I appreciate that, um, but I, I do hope it works. Because for, for the benefit of the NASL, which we, we know has its own unique challenges for the benefit of soccer in San Francisco, for San Francisco in general, I hope it works. Um, coming back to our side of the, the, the country... Um, like I said, the, the, the event Tuesday night, I do want to mention that briefly, uh, was, uh, for season ticket renewals. Um, and so it's, it's always a good time to renew your season tickets. If you're looking forward to next year, I do want to mention the promotion. Um, I believe they still have going. I know that I believe the discount is gone for early renewal, but I believe if you renew your season tickets before November 5th, uh, you or I'm sure it's probably like November first or or something, um, but they're uh, a complimentary ticket to the playoff semifinal, which is on November fifth. Um, so go ahead and call the Miami FC office if you're interested in that. Um, tell them Magic yeah. City Soccer sent you. Yeah, actually, they'll say what, that. who, but tell them it anyway. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, oh, never mind, goodbye. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really great to kind of be out mingling with the team. The guys are fantastic. Um, some really thoughtful answers. Uh, Michael Hood, the, the video I posted on Magic City Soccer on Twitter, that's at Magic City Soccer, was him talking about representing Sierra Leone uh, at the national club, the national team level and kind of bringing that experience back to Miami FC. Brett Bernstein 
talked about scoring a goal against Atlanta, which of course Bruce was happy to relive because it was his favorite call of all time. Mazeltov, Red Bernstein. Mazeltov. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Brajo kind of talking about the experience of, of playing for and living in Miami. Um, we have a couple video clips that they're, they're going to wind up being posted to the website, which is magiccity.soccer. Um, so you want to check that out and some pictures that were shared on Twitter. Um, all in all, it was a good time. Uh, Lee Eifens, uh, Lee Eifens uh, everyone's favorite Welshman, was out there. Um, kind of Jose, other members of the Day Brigade were out there, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, so that that was good times had by all. Um, one of the things that was discussed at, out there on on Tuesday is actually something not related to Miami FC, and I think now's a good time to transition because it is NASL related, and it is South Florida related, but it's not Miami FC related. Um, there is an NASL match scheduled for Wednesday of next week in South Florida, featuring. Not Miami FC. It's actually featuring Puerto Rico FC and the New York Cosmos. It's a rescheduled home game for Puerto Rico FC. Obviously, they've been dealing with the effects of Hurricane Maria and the after effects of the storm. Um, and they've been forced to reschedule and say that so they are going to play uh, at least one game at Central Broward Regional Park, uh, the old famous cricket stadium that we referenced last year, the old home, the, the former home of the uh, deceased. Uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Um, and so, yeah, so that's happening. And so I want to talk about that for a bit because uh, myself, I'm going. Uh, Drew is planning on going. I believe Omar is planning on going. Lee is planning on going. Uh, a number of members of Dade Brigade are planning to go and basically represent as a uh, supporters group for the for Puerto Rico FC for two reasons. One, for not New York. Thing to, yeah. Yeah. For one, it's the charitable thing to do because they, they're going through a tragedy and we're trying to help them out. But number two, F the New York Cosmos. That's the way that works. So we will be going out there on Wednesday. Drew, what do you think about that? Oh, man, I already messed up my, my speech. I was going to say, NASL returns to Broward. <laughs> Broward, Broward, Broward. No, it, it's great. I mean, you know, it sucks they have to, to reschedule, but it's great. They didn't have to forfeit or, you know, come to any kind of crazy decision play a bunch of away games so at least they're they're finding neutral sites or other places that they can call home um if you could make it out there i would say please do so uh, i think tickets start at ten dollars and they're giving 50 percent of all uh ticket sales to uh, uh carmelo anthony's puerto rico relief charity um so if you can if you can come out and help it would be greatly appreciated uh yeah a bunch of day brigade guys are going out there Magic City will be in the house. I think a bunch of the Flight 19 guys will probably end up there because it's uh, NASL soccer in Broward. So mm-hmm. should be a good time. You know, we can cheer for uh, our, I think, podcast favorite, Giuseppe Gentile. <laughs> 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 Hopefully to score a, a hat trick against the Cosmos. So, it, you know, it's kind of an interesting experience, too. You know, seeing a game maybe an hour away from our stadium with two teams that don't normally play there in a league game. And you know it's a Puerto Rico home game, so uh, it's it'll be a, it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good time. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, and I'm I'm kind of dropping this on Drew's head because again we do no pre-production, but I think we're going to try to do a live podcast out there Wednesday um, from Central Broward if we can arrange some sort of data or internet thing. If, if only it's from my phone uh, on Facebook Live, and then we pull that audio but uh i, I know lee's in and if, if drew's able to get out there and omar's able to get out there we might do a quad pod um but yeah it's i think it's a really good opportunity for the day brigade for miami dade county uh to kind of represent uh and again do something good sports is ultimately at its core meant to bring people together and sometimes we bring those people together and we're going to yell at one another and say awful terrible things to one another but at its best, it gives us this, this opportunity in order to kind of work together and, and provide support for people going through a really difficult situation. And it's something that, especially here in South Florida, we can sympathize with the fear of a Category 5 hurricane coming through and basically destroying everything you know and love. Uh, we, were fe- we were facing that fear for a couple of days um, last month. So it's, it's definitely, I think, a good opportunity for us to go out and, and, and kind of help Puerto Rico, the people of Puerto Rico, the, the players of Puerto Rico FC, 
and their fans kind of offer a little bit of support and and and, and certainly there'll be opportunities for for kind of charitable support uh, from that game obviously just buying a ticket will be a, a show of charitable support uh for puerto rico um but yeah that should be a good time if you can make it out there wednesday uh especially if you live in Broward or, or, or north of the Broward line up and um, I'm, I'm, I'm close to the Broward line in North Dade, I meant to say, um, try to make it out there because it should be a good show. And it's right um, by the swap shop. So if you have like Wednesday off <laughs> and you, you want to do some like flea market shopping and then go to the game, like boom. Make perf- a day of it. Perfect Wednesday. Perfect Wednesday. If you want a knockoff handbag and would love to see some NASL soccer, Wednesday is the day for you. Make and if you need to get a haircut at the swap shop, there is a place called Cuts on Wheels. I did get a <laughs> super awesome like Chico fade one day there. I highly recommend it. I think it's ten dollars for a haircut. So there you have it. It's, we're gonna walk you through the whole swap shop. We, we I know they have like Wednesday. A, yeah, they have like a drive-in movie, right? So maybe after the game, you can go to the <laughs> movie theater. Um, yeah, so that should be a very good time. Uh, I think that covers all the local stuff. Am I missing anything? I, I believe that's it. We can we can yes. do a little Broward Stadium transition here if you want. Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. There is something I wanted to mention, something newsworthy, something that's worth like two minutes of discussion. Uh, uh, Miami Beckham United. Uh, the court case brought by uh, the Matheson family, brought by uh, Bruce Matheson, was uh, thrown out. Uh, this is a big win for Miami Beckham United. Uh, it would appear that this plan can now move forward uh, until the next unbelievable hurdle pops up and somehow it's let everything down again. But it is worth pointing out, you know, we have laughs um, uh, whenever this thing appears to go pear-shaped. So now that it's actually somewhat moving, it is worth uh, kind of covering that too. Drew, do you have anything to add or shall we just kind of move on to the sadness that is uh, U.S. Men's National Team? Well, uh, not about Beckham United, but I was going to say, speaking of Central Broward Stadium, the 2018 tournament edition of the Florida Cup has been announced. Yes, that's right. So uh, at, at Central Broward Stadium, uh, we will get a newcomer to the tournament, which is uh, it's Liga Warsaw from, from Poland, and they will be playing, uh, also who played there last year was the Barcelona SC from Ecuador, and, uh, you know... That Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the other I'll, Barcelona. The other Barcelona. <laughs> um, but the other teams are uh, Atletico Nacional, uh, Flumanist, sorry for all these pronunciations, guys, uh, Atletico from Brazil, Corinthians, uh, PSV Eindhoven, and also new to the tournament is the Rangers. So, yes. So they were. It they up were... A they were really uh, Rangers had a couple. I saw a couple of tweets being shared from them. They're really getting out the word that they're uh, participating in this, which is good. Um, it, it's a bit disappointing, I would say. I think we would both agree. Uh, the the fact that uh, I believe the Florida team that's participating is Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, they team? well they have there's there's normally like two legs of this. So right yeah. now they just announced the tournament portion. So there's no American teams in it. Right. But I believe there was word of Jacksonville being in the friendly version, and I'm assuming that Tampa's in it because Tampa's pretty much cons- has been consistently in this tournament for three years. So I'm gonna guess right. those two are gonna play a little part in the the friendly kind of three game round robin thing they have. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, hopefully, I mean, it, it, it's unfortunate. We really wanted. Uh, Last year, uh, Miami FC to be in it, and really wanted this year for Miami FC to be in it, but I guess that's not the case. And so we'll hope that in this off season, um, Miami FC can arrange some friendlies of its own. Uh, but yeah, so that will be uh, that. We'll definitely have some games coming through the state uh, with some interesting um, club competition um, to keep an eye out over the winter between uh, the end of the twenty seventeen season and the start of the twenty eighteen season. Yeah, I think the the tournament starts mid January, so we should get a nice clump of games in Florida, but specifically the one at uh, Central Broward Stadium. And if you come to the Puerto Rico game, you'll already be accustomed to the uh, high class amenities of the the cricket stadium. <laughs> it it is it's apparently pretty nice, right? Like it's not it's not nice in the way that like oh it's a good place to watch soccer, but there are some some nice features to it. Am I wrong? 
Yeah, like the, the the concourse and kind of the outdoor areas are nice. Just the angles are very bizarre because you're taking a circular field, jamming a rectangle into it. So like weird parts of the circle stands match up with the corner. It It's like, it, you know how like fields have the running track? It's like yes. that, but worse. It's because there's just a giant a like semi yeah it's, there's like a giant <laughs> semicircle so you could be like first row middle of the field but you could be like half a football field distance from the actual field and right. then you could be like fifth row by a corner but yeah look at the seating chart before you buy anything <laughs> important 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 um, great so again uh, lots of interesting stuff coming to Florida. Uh, in the near future, uh, one thing that won't be coming uh, is <laughs> <laughs> is World Cup preparations in Dade County before the team leaves to Ru- before uh, the U.S. Men's National Team leaves to Russia. We saw them here before the 2014 World Cup, but uh, I think we can clear the fields at Barry um, before 2018 because the U.S. Men's National Team was eliminated from World Cup consideration. This week, in a rather shocking development, uh, depending where you look, the United States had a 93 or 94% chance of qualifying going into the games on Tuesday. Uh, but thanks to a uh, 2-1 loss um, at Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, win, uh, losses by Costa Rica and Mexico, wins for Honduras and Panama, uh, the United States was unceremoniously dumped out of World Cup play. The first time the United States will not be going to a World Cup since 1986. Um, it's a rather shocking development, Drew. What, what, do you, what do you take away from this? I feel like there's a hundred things that can be said, and, and our you know our good pal Omar Mubayad wrote a pretty thorough article on Magic City Soccer discussing kind of like the stages of grief and acceptance dealing with this this uh, development. But but Drew, what what do you take away from this? Yeah, for for most people, you know, it's the the first time they've never seen, or the first time they've seen the U.S. men's national team not qualify for a World Cup in their lifetime. So it's 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 a shock, uh, series of unfortunate events. Uh, my only, I guess, analysis or opinion of it is just uh, burn it down, man. Burn down the USSF. Start everything from scratch. Uh, not to like quote the uh, Taylor Twelman rant after the game or whatever, but the, the Bundesliga and the, the German uh, Football Association did it in 2000. It's time to restructure. Looking at you, Donna Shalala, stop falling asleep in meetings. Um, but yeah, what a what a terrible just series of errors and conca-caffiness, but at the end of the day, uh, you can't point too many fingers except at the just United States men's national team. You know, there was the the goal that didn't go in in the the Costa Rica game and all that, but you know, you're you're playing Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. Who's on the bottom bottom of the group? So, you really need to win that game. Uh yeah, it was I believe I heard during the the lead up to the match or maybe after the first goal that um Tim Howard had never conceded a goal uh, against Trinidad and Tobago in World Cup qualifying. And then he conceded two. In fairness to him, I don't know if uh, how much of either one you can really put solely on his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, considering what was an own goal that was pretty nuts, and the other one was a, a rocket from outside of the box I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, but it was an abject failure. It, it, there's, there's no other, there's no silver lining. There is no... Uh, you know, lesson to be learned. There's no real opportunity for growth and to come back and say, oh, well, we'll pick up from this. This is the end of the line. This is uh, really an inconceivable moment, uh, thinking that the United States had emerged from its kind of dark period, basically between 1950 and and 1990, uh, that the investment in the the U.S. Soccer Federation, the investment in the sport, the investment at the youth level had taken us to a place, especially in CONCACAF. We're not talking about Conmebol. We're not talking about in Europe. We're talking about CONCACAF, where a country of 340 million people, roughly, and that offers an, a billion-dollar investment in this sport would be able to qualify. That's, that's really what we had been asking for. And ultimately, I think that may be... Uh, 
part of the reason why we're here is because we're just happy to be there, largely as a country. Even, um, even the diehard supporters. You know, I'm I am a member um, of American Outlaws. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the U.S. Men's National Team. I go and watch my matches. I go and uh, watch the matches from home if I can't go. Like I'm I'm I follow the team closely, but there is way too much. Uh, on I think everyone's part for the most part of just uh, getting there is good enough that we're not Germany we're not Spain and we're not but where are we going and what are we doing to try to get there and th that seems to be um, a question that has a million answers and people don't really know exactly how to get there but in the meantime we're happy with our round of 16 appearance to, and then getting knocked out by Belgium um, <laughs> And, and and that's not enough. It should never be enough. The only goal should be to win. And if we're not winning, we're losing. And it, it, it sounds very like, oh, American, you're arrogant, you expect to win. But the whole reason why you play matches is to win. And if you're not winning, you need to try to figure out ways to get to the point where you're winning. And when we play, you know, a Germany, when we play, and even in friendlies, we expect to lose. We think we're going to lose. Why? And and obviously there are some some bigger reasons structurally that we're not developing talent compared to say Germany or whatever. But why? Well, what it, problems are there? And and there's been a big exploration of a lot of the problems uh, leading up to that in the last couple of days. And, and 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 it's not like no one has ever considered the you know the the, the problems with pay to play or the over uh, reliance on kind of protecting the MLS versus helping the overall federation. Those things have been discussed aplenty. But I think finally those discussions are getting into the mainstream, and we're not just con content with Bruce Arena, Bruce Arenaing, grinding out a one nil win, getting out of the group stage, and then about you know tipping our hats and, and walking off. Yeah, and you're you're talking about the excuses, and even going into this Trinidad game, like there was the pitch complaining, and I get it, it's a sh you know crappy pitch, but welcome to Concacaf, you know, welcome to Trinidad Tobago. The U.S. isn't playing on the greatest uh, fields either at times, but then you know the whole the whole statements about uh, like Europe qualifications and stuff. You know, it just seemed like going into that game they were setting themselves up for a loss, or you know they weren't going in with a, a confidence. There's this kind of weird kind of excuses being made going into that game that just kind of doesn't set up the right mentality. Um, but you know they're. The USA, you know, they can hang out with Paraguay, Chile, uh, Netherlands, and Wales in, uh, in the summer, you know. Sit back and watch. Yeah. Um, not, not terrible company. Yeah, um, no, it wasn't like we were, <laughs> you know, we weren't the only. Uh, there were better teams than us that also didn't qualify, but looking at uh, CONCACAF, uh, definitely no excuses there. The interesting thing will be, uh, I guess it would be the next Gold Cup, because, you know, some of these guys clearly are too old to, to you know, make the roster or be ripe ages for the next World Cup. Like, what are you going to do with Dempsey, Altidore, Bradley? Um, the real question going forward is, what are, you know, are those guys even going to make the Gold Cup, Cup squads, or do you just really have to focus on, on youth players and, and getting the younger, the next men, the next men ready? And I feel like that's sort of what happened the last Gold Cup when Klinsman was there because the pressure was on so much to win. You know, you're dragging out uh, uh, Ja Rastafari, Kyle Beckerman, who at the time I think was 36, but, you know, he had no business being on this World Cup roster and, you know, didn't make it. But then uh, Beasley out there, you know, there's just a bunch of older older talent where the young guys weren't really getting getting pushed up. So that's going to be the big picture going ahead is what they're – how they're going to adjust the current roster they have and who they're going to bring up and where they're going to find these guys. But uh, a lot of a lot of time thinking over the summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's really... Um, it's really not good. I feel like... It, it, it's, I feel like I want to say something more profound, but I don't know what to say. It's yeah. not good. Uh, you know, the, it's our, we haven't qualified for the last two Olympics. Uh, we, you know, we, our under twenties failed to qualify, um, for a, a world cup in 2013. The under 17s failed to qualify in 2013. There, there's just this hollowing out that appears to have taken place. And it's so strange because there, 
I had this conversation with Lee on Tuesday night. I'm so used to watching U.S. soccer and U.S. soccer being about doing more with less, where you have players that are not the most skilled, not the most talented, but play together well, that the pieces get put together well. Uh, and that's, you know, when when I look back like that 2002 team, and, and I, Landon Donovan's great. He's he's fantastic, but he's not a transcendent player. You know, he had a, a, a good run at Everton for a year, basically. But that's not, you know, that's not a top-tier A number one player. And and even Clint Dempsey, you know, who's great, arguably the most productive American player we've ever seen. Um, the only world-class players we really ever produced are goalies. Uh, and uh, we got what appears to be a bit of a dead end after Tim Howard because Brad Guzan doesn't appear to be holding up the slack. Uh, and, and anyone behind that... He's not very young either. Yeah, and he's not very young. Or Luis you know, like, uh, Robles or uh, Nick Romando. Yeah. And so, yeah, Nick Romando. I mean, how old is Nick Romando? Is he 38? I don't know. He was on the Fusion. Yeah, he was on the Fusion, for God's <laughs> sake. Um, that was 15 years ago. He was playing for an MLS team 15 years ago. With Kyle Beckerman. Um, with Kyle Beckerman, but but see that's the the thing is, I I feel like there there are these young players that that do actually have skill and talent. That I mean, putting aside Christian Pulisic, who is his own thing, he is the player you you want. He is the player that you've been waiting for. Um, but there's this weird where, where there are no players between like twenty and thirty, really. That you're like, wow, this guy's great. Like, what what a great bridge. Like, where's the bridge? The bridge is, was to old from from old Landon Donovan to old Clint Dempsey. There's no there's no next person to pick up the baton that's even close. It's Pulisic. It's a it's a difference of of twelve years. Like, what's the what what happened? What I I, I care about what's happening now and how we're going forward. But I I really need an explanation as to what happened between say. 2004 and 2014 in terms of player development and, and and where where there's a bubble there there's a there's a there's a pocket of air that didn't get filled and now we're just struggling to get bodies in that either are old enough and experienced enough and that aren't just gonna like you know Michael Bradley what happened to him he was a good player he was a good 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 player he was a uh, Landon Donovan Clint Dempsey level player he was playing in europe and then he came to the mls and then everything went to shit and you know everything went wrong what happened and 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 i don't feel i feel like there's some sort of like oral history that's going to come out in 10 years and explain all of it because it it, but but there's this weird it's just it doesn't just all these players that that was supposed to be that next step basically it appears as though there's the donovan dempsey of you know 10 years ago there's the Pulisic of now, and then there's no one holding that bridge. And it, it, it feels like that this is going to affect the, the national program for at least the next four or five years. And the thing is, there's uh, Yedlin too, but he's kind of uh, going the route of uh, Dempsey, Bradley, and uh, Donovan, where he kind of got this great opportunity in Europe, and then, or even at, throw out the door into that mix. He got an opportunity in Europe, and then... <sighs> Just kind of doesn't doesn't produce very well, and you know if he ends up in the MLS or the next year too, we'll know we'll know what happened to his career. But um, he he was a guy that kind of had a, a bright future, and I still think it can be there. But who knows what what route he'll go in? But whatever. Yeah, it's just whatever really appears yeah, to be enough the, of uh, this. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate and it's bad for. The growth of soccer in this country, and I know there are people who are who are uh, deconstructionists who who just want to kind of watch the world burn uh, in order to rebuild from the ashes. And I understand that, I guess. And and there are some benefits I think that may come to our part of the discussion, which is the club level and the second and third division level. I think there are potentially some benefits to be reaped from that, but it, there's you can't be happy about your national team which had qualified for every world cup since 1990 um failing to qualify there's just nothing good from it it's unfortunate and it's bad it's bad it's bad yeah and right now we're sitting in the middle of the the dumpster fire so <laughs> it's hard to yes, it's hard to yes. look forward with the 
oh, you know, they'll turn this around, uh, <laughs> especially with the, the time frame of the World Cup and uh, Gold Cup and everything. It's not a, not not going to be a quick turnaround. So, um, yeah, now that we're all motivated, uh, our listeners, and they're all really happy, what else we got on the docket? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, there's no really international play to talk about. I mean, a club play to talk about because they've been on the international break. Under-17 um, World Cup, man. Paraguay and USA are still in it. Under-17 World Cup. Group and, stages. Uh, you know, Mario's very happy. We're very happy. Although uh, Colombia got a 3-1 win, I believe, today over the U.S., or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, and so my wife will be happy about that. Um yeah, you would like to see that be a nice rallying point if the U.S. can somehow make a run in this. Like, hey, you know, like just wait around for like 10 years and then we'll, we'll actually have a good go of this. You know, if it if we not qualifying means that in 10 years we're actually challenging for the World Cup, that'd be fantastic. I'll take that trade. But, you know, that's not the trade that's being offered. Um, yeah, so uh, in, in terms of qualifying elsewhere, um, uh, bummed for Wales, bummed for Lee Fence. Uh, that they didn't get through really unfortunate that that you know the u.s didn't have an excuse of oh our best player was injured um that's a pretty solid excuse although the, the atmosphere um for that game was pretty fantastic and 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 the pieces are starting to come together and we have an idea of who's going to be participating in russia in 2018 yeah so, i don't know so yeah i guess i'm, I'm over it <laughs> hey just nobody yeah. root for iceland Oh wow, you're taking that stance. You're 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 the, the counteraction to the. I'm the I'm the anti-Iceland outlaws. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna pick Poland. Let's talk about Poland, man. Or or Colombia. I'm happy to root for Colombia. Although mean, I, I, Poland's fun. I would be happy. I would be happy to see Poland make a run. Yeah, man. There's a bunch of goofy guys, man. You got Chesney, <laughs> greatest goalkeeper in the tournament. <laughs> We don't need that stupid Viking clap. All the AO guys are going to start doing that. All these AO guys are going to start buying Iceland jerseys. You're going to see them walking around town like you see Christian Pulisic jerseys. It's going to be silly. It's going to be a silly summer. I'm fascinated by you, Drew, because you you hate the soccer hipster. Like, you hate them. Like, on, on principle. But at, hey, like, I don't like, hate them. I, I, like, I like the Detroit fans. They're snobby dudes, but be down for that. I just, but like, so you, I, I feel like you, there's a there's a, a hipster poser like channel where a lot of like, and and again as a member of AO, I feel comfortable saying this, where you feel like a lot of AO is, uh, like a, a lot of, it's weird to say like mainstream soccer fans because being a soccer fan is not really mainstream, uh, in America as we saw from like multiple members of Congress laughing off the idea of our. Our national team missing the World Cup. They're like, oh, who cares about soccer? Which is the they're still those those people outnumber us by far. And this was a good point for us to remember that, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, the idea that like uh, there's going to be this this uh, counter counterculture, but like popular counterculture move to pick up Iceland. I like the idea that you're taking that all out at the knees. Ah, I'm just saying. Like, I, I love cheering for the underdog too, but. Uh, you know, Iceland had a good Euro run, but I don't see them doing anything in the World Cup. So there's going to be, like, the group stages, everybody's going to get hype, and then all the, the American fans that went to Iceland are just going to get bummed. I'm, I'm saving themselves a heartbreak. <laughs> pick pick a horse with four working legs. Yeah, just pick a winner. Pick Germany. <laughs> I mean, get a, might as well. Get somebody's going to get out the group stages. Now when Iceland gets out the group stages, they're going to replay this audio and... Everybody's gonna spit on me, but <laughs> nah, man. I don't. I don't know. I just don't like the Viking clap either. It was. It's fun for them, but it became the I believe chant to me, where it's like, all right, this is. Yeah, a little outplayed. Little yeah. Outplayed. When you're at like a Division Four soccer game and some little kid tries to start I believe, it's like just shut up. <laughs> Not the right place. Yeah. That like I, it was a great chant, but it was specific to a time in like a tournament. Yeah. And then, like, the MLS adopts it, and it's just like, all right. <laughs> this is over now. Just, just give me eight more we love yous. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the, the scoop for the U.S. men's national team, unfortunately. Um, anything, any business we need to cover before we wrap up tonight? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Did what? Did what? Are you breaking down? It sounded like you got emotional. Crying, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> uh, did want to mention uh, Omar Mubayed. He was unable to podcast tonight because he is uh, taking in his first true love, which is the, uh, the little round puck of hockey, checking out the Florida Panthers. Uh, but he was able to speak earlier today uh, with um, uh, First Team Podcast, um, really discussing the, uh, more about the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, so you can check them out uh, at First Team Pod. It's a New York Cosmos supporter pod- podcast. So um, if they're listening to us and thinking like, oh, Omar came on our show, we'll listen to theirs. Sorry about the whole left the Cosmos thing. But <laughs> as you know, that's the policy. You guys know who you are. You know what you signed up for. Um, so check Omar out there. Make sure you visit ma- uh, magiccity.soccer again for Omar's article, which kind of, I think, spawned the, the podcast with First Team. Um, and, yeah, make sure you're uh, – got a watch party coming up, right? Sunday or, or Saturday? What, what day is it? I'm losing my mind. Saturday, um, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday at 3 p.m. Saturday at 3, right? Yes, that's at Fado. Correct. And uh, yes. if, if you're an Arsenal fan, it's right after Arsenal-Watford. So uh, my, my two loves are going to kind of collide with each other. Going back to back, so uh, <coughs> I'll probably be uh, nice and saucy around uh, Miami's kickoff time. I was gonna say, if you really want to see Drew in his element, make it out to Fidel for that, because it's gonna be just a six-hour train of pain um, <laughs> for 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 Drew's liver. Um, but it, it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, so I think let's let's wrap this thing up and let these people uh, go, go on about their lives. Uh, Thank you, as always, for joining us, uh, those of you who are listening to us. Uh, make sure you uh, follow us at Magic City Soccer. We're Facebook.com slash Magic City Soccer, SoundCloud.com slash Magic City Soccer. You can search for Magic City Soccer in the iTunes uh, podcast directory. Um, Drew is uh, on Twitter at It's Houseman, LOL, H-O-U-S-M-A-N, LOL. Uh, I'm at Matthew S. Bunch, and I think that's pretty much any way you can contact us. Oh, upvote us on Reddit. Uh, you can visit the NASL Reddit and upvote our podcast when it posts. So Omar's always uh, good about sharing that. Any other, anything else to share, Drew? Uh, Shouts out to that one Cosmo fan on Reddit that just keeps trashing our podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yes. How you doing, pal? F the Cosmos. <laughs> um, so uh, that'll do it for us, Drew. Thank you for uh, joining and talking as always. Vamos. Iceland. Uh, vamos Iceland, yes. Uh, vamos Iceland, son. I feel like you have to throw in a son after everything. <laughs> Iceland. Uh, so until next time, uh, go Miami FC and go Miami soccer. Woo!